Welcome to the Mind Matters Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Neil Salen. I am here, as always, with David Adamson. It has been a while. It has since been a long while. We've been able to do this. I thought our first four episodes kind of created a, a little series almost in and of yeah. itself. Yeah. And uh, we had to take a break for holidays, and you, you, know, you, had, you had school ending and school starting. And so yeah. we're just so excited that we've been able to get back into this today, episode five, and, and the just a reminder, the reason for this podcast is to help provide Christians with encouragement and resources necessary to love God with their minds. Mm. So often Christians, we, we focus on loving God with our hearts, you know, we focus on loving God with all of our might and our, you know, our physical being, but sometimes the mind gets left off to the side and we believe the mind matters. And because yes. the mind matters, we, uh, we want to deal with these issues. We believe that just like anything else, it makes up human nature, it makes up the human condition, and we want to use it to glorify God. And, and that's why we've done this podcast. That's why years ago, David came to me and said, Neil, I want to be used somehow to, to be a part of some kind of care ministry when it comes to the mind. Um, mm -hmm. We hope to continue to broaden that out in... Um, in our church, but we felt like this would be a great place to start is just mm -hmm. to have this, this podcast and, and to get it going. So we're glad to be back. And we kind of want to have a, a mind check segment at the beginning of each of our episodes. And, um, I, I don't have anything necessarily that's, um, personally I'm dealing with, you know, individually that nobody else really is. But mm -hmm. one of the things, David, that I have noticed is that, um, a lot of people with the whole thing going on with Russia and Ukraine, mm -hmm. a lot of people um, have feelings of guilt. Right. Uh, they have feelings of like, what can I do? They have feelings. And, and I, 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 I get the impression that this is weighing on people's minds more than we really even know or understand. Yeah. You know, you got the threat of like, what happens if World War III breaks out? Like, right. Do, what if what if Russia doesn't stop with Ukraine and they decide to invade a... NATO ally, and then the yeah. United States has to get involved. Yeah. And, and so all of that kind of ways, I, I got a phone call or somebody reached out to me over the weekend because, um, their daughter's boyfriend of four years is going into the military. And this oh, is wow. a, a nervous time for them right now. This isn't just normal. This is, right. you know, so a lot of that is going on in people's minds and struggling with even, uh, the guilt of, well, uh, I'm sitting in my my rocking chair or my mm -hmm. comfy couch or sitting at my nice table looking out at the, the beautiful weather and drinking my coffee, and people in Ukraine are just trying to survive. Right. You know, so there's the guilt of, yeah. of kind of that thinking, like, my goodness, can I even enjoy what's going on with me when— right. Uh, even my brothers and sisters in Christ are, you know, fighting for their lives. Right. And, um, and, and I think for me that that's kind of weighed on me a little bit. Just yes. I, I've had thoughts of, you know, even driving in my car, um, and listening to music and having a, a drink and just being like, this is a peaceful drive home. And mm. yet some people in Ukraine, when they, especially when they're first getting attacked, they're, they're driving on the highway seeing, Russian planes fly over. Right. You know, and so right. it, it, I think people are struggling with this um, because it's just in the forefront of everyone's mind. Yeah. You know, and um, 
And it's, so it's affecting people in a kind of a universal way. Yeah. You know, a lot of times we are personal, you know, we have struggles, but they're real personal. Right. Um, this tends to be kind of like everybody's dealing with this. Yeah. Kind of how COVID was, you know, it's yeah. like COVID was everybody's thing. Yeah. Well, in a sense, this whole Russia fiasco wickedness is it's kind of everybody's thing on mm. different levels, but every, the whole world is looking at that. Right. And it's affecting everybody, um, even down to, you know, people sitting here in Dallas, Texas and wondering what this means for my girlfriend's, I mean, my daughter's boyfriend who just goes to, mm -hmm. to the military. And mm -hmm. uh, I've got people in my family that are in the military. And so you, you, you wonder about all that stuff. And so I know that's weighing heavily on, um, on a lot of people's minds. So I, what I want to do here is I, I just want to spend a moment in prayer, David, I'm going to ask yeah. you to, to lead us in prayer just specifically for this okay. and, um, and for what's going on in, in Russian Ukraine and how it is affecting not only the, the people right there at ground zero, but, uh, the entire world and pray that the peace of God would, would come upon our lives. And, and then we will get into, uh, this segment, episode five on suicide. So Dave, will you pray for us? Yeah. Lord God, we need guidance. Lord, this world needs guidance. Lord, I pray that you would be with the people in Ukraine, Lord, as they are facing uh, such difficulties, mm. such trials. Right. Uh, Lord, I just such such fear. And Lord, I just pray that you would comfort them, especially our, our brothers and sisters over there. Amen. Lord, who, who love you and who are trusting you. I pray that you'd be with the leaders, with the pastors who are trying to lead mm -hmm. their people through all these these trials and these tribulations and these yes. issues that they're going through, Lord, I just pray that you would give peace to all of them. Yes. And Lord, let them be a witness. Let them be a light for you um, as, as the church of Jesus Christ and to be able to just bring those who, who are afraid of what's going on and afraid of the future. I pray that they would be a light that would draw people in and draw people to yourself to where they would want to uh, trust in Jesus and follow you, Jesus. Lord, I just pray that you would be with the people and that you would uh, let them know that you're there. And Lord, I pray that um, you would just give guidance to all the leaders of everyone involved, Lord, with all, the, all this, this, just, this mess that's going on, Lord. I just pray that you would just bring your guidance and your wisdom to the situation and just bring peace. Lord, I just yes. I, I thank you that you are in control. I'm so, Amen. so I just praise your name that you are all supreme and all powerful and you care. Uh, praise God that you care and you Amen. love your people. You you love uh, the creations that you've made, Lord, and that you uh, and that you are in control. Amen. I thank you, Lord. In your name, we pray. Amen. Well, I want to start this segment by discussing the theological understanding of suicide. Mm. Um, what does the Bible say? about suicide. Um, much of how I've organized this segment is in thanks to an article written by John Potter titled, Is Suicide the Unforgivable Sin? Understanding Suicide, Stigma, and Salvation Through Two Christian Perspectives. And so I, what I want to do first is I, I want to kind of lay out four biblical reasons why Christians are against suicide. Four biblical mm -hmm. reasons, David, why Suicide is an unbiblical thing to do. Why it? Um, why we could call it a sin, um, so to speak. And so, number one is that humanity is made in the image of God. Now, David, this is yeah. something we talk about 
all the time with a bunch of different topics. Yeah. It can be racial justice. It can mm-hmm. be abortion. Mm-hmm. It could be a husband wife relationships. Yeah. It, I mean, it just that it, it covers such a, a wide range of things and it certainly applies here. Right. Um, we believe human beings are the pinnacle of God's creation. Mm. That human beings were formed in a special, unique way. And especially when you compare it to the rest of creation. Right. Right. You got Adam and Eve were different than everything else. Right. Um, everything else was good. Everything else was beautiful. Everything else was wonderful. But Adam and Eve were different. Yeah. And Genesis one twenty six speaks to that difference. It says that that man was made in the image of God. Mm. Nothing else was made in the image of God. Right. Except human beings. This tells us that God has put an eternal spirit in human beings. The Bible says he breathed into their nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. Mm. Now, now, you know, David, we've talked about what the role of human beings are uh, in our messages right. here at church and talking to the students right. and, and, and preaching and stuff is that we've been called to be stewards. We've been called to have dominion. We are called to mm. rule the earth as human beings, to have dominion over everything um, as a part of our calling. And that means to have dominion over um, over all of creation because we have been made in the image of God. That is what God does. And so what God has turned that commission over to us. Mm. So Christianity believes that suicide is disregarding the image of God that exists within every individual. Mm. So when someone commits suicide... They are disregarding that Imago Dei, that the image bearers of God. Because we were made for union with God. We were made with communion for others. We were made for to love ourselves. Mm-hmm. We were made to care for the world. Well, when we commit suicide, we're rejecting that special status that humanity has. Right. Um, and, and really what we're doing is if you commit suicide, you're preventing future good works and actions on God's behalf. Yeah. Because what we're supposed to be doing is we're supposed to be living our lives in such a way that we are acting on God's behalf. We are God's image bearers on the earth. We are God's stewards on the earth. Well, if you commit suicide, you can't do that anymore. Right. You know, you've taken your own life. You can't do that anymore. Um, it, it halts that participation in the care and the support that God intends for people to have. So Christian view view suicide as a sin because it rejects the image-bearing principles that mm-hmm. have been laid out in Scripture. Number two, Christianity believes that taking human life is wrong, and therefore suicide is self-murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, the law of God has made it very clear that murder is wrong. It's in the Ten Commandments, right? right? It's the, what, it's the fifth, fifth that's the... Uh, Sixth? Yes, the sixth commandment. Do not murder, right? It's yeah. the sixth Mosaic law um, in the Ten Commandments. But it was you, you couldn't murder before the Ten Commandments. It, mm. it was true before the Mosaic law. It was true during right. the Mosaic law. It was true after the Mosaic law. All of it, um, it's really creation law. We could call right. it a creation law. Right. All of 
creation has been commanded with that same, you cannot murder. Murder is a sin. Scripture's clear on this. So to take life, to murder someone, is in violation to the law of God. Mm. Now, biblically speaking, and especially in the Hebrew, when you, if you go to, if you have like a Strong's Concordance, right, and you, you look up the Hebrew words for murder in, mm. in Hebrew, you're going to find something along these lines definitionally. It'll say something like taking a life without legal or moral justification, or it'll refer to something that is a premeditated or deliberate act. So in other words, it's not manslaughter. It's not an accident. Mm. This is first degree, second degree, third degree murder. This is a premeditated, deliberate act without legal or moral justification. Now, we usually think of that in reference to other people. Mm-hmm. That murder is when I kill somebody else. Right. But church history has also defined murder as taking your own life. Mm. That suicide is self-murder. Right. It is, it is taking a life that you do not legally or morally have the justification to take. And it's premeditated or deliberate act. It's done on purpose. Um, you know, we'll, we sometimes someone will overdose on drugs and we'll say it was an accidental overdose. They weren't trying to kill themselves. Um, and so it wasn't suicide. And mm. suicide is that deliberate act. I want to take my own life. Right. Um, that is self-murder and in violation of the law of God. Third, God is the author of life and death. Scripture in the Old Testament and the New Testament points out that we do not own ourselves. Yeah. We belong to God. Right. We are called to be stewards of the life that God has given us. Right. God gave us this life. God is the one who takes it away. It's not our responsibility or our job to take that away. Right. We're the creatures. Yes. He's the creator. Yeah. We're the creatures. He's the creator. Our job is not to usurp the creator's role and begin taking life. Right. Without legal or moral justification. Now... Scripture teaches that all human lives belong to the Creator, but it even goes further with Christians because Paul says we have been bought with a price. Hmm. That price was the blood of Jesus. Yeah. So God owns all human beings because He created us, but He doubly owns Christians because Jesus died to save them. And we are, no matter how distraught or hopeless that we might feel. And no doubt about it, there are times where we feel hopeless and distraught and lonely and isolated. But our life, no matter how true that may be in the moment, our life belongs to God. Amen. It's not my life. So in good times and in difficulty, I am called to honor God with my life. Right. All of us as human beings are called to honor God with their lives. And so we are not the author of life and death. And then lastly, and this is not an exhaustive list, by the way. I mean, obviously we could go on forever talking about why suicide is wrong biblically, but I just wanted to give at least, you know, three or four. The last reason I want to give is because suicide harms the entire community, not just the individual who commits suicide. Mm. We, especially in the West, we have a very individualistic 
view of our lives. Yeah. My life is my own. I'm the captain of my ship. I make my decisions for me. And what I do shouldn't affect or shouldn't bother and shouldn't matter to anybody else. Mm-hmm. That, is, that is not reality. Right. Like we just, we have, we've created that in our minds for some reason, but that is not truly how things are. Nor have we been created for that. Um, what did God say to Adam? It is not good that man should be alone. alone. Yeah. We have been made for community. Yeah. God has made human beings for community. And our lives interlock with other people's lives. Mm. And so when we commit suicide, it is not just the person who has committed suicide that is affected. The whole community that is linked to that person is affected. A recent yeah. study has been done that says one suicide results in 135 people being exposed to the event. Wow. Now, what that means is not just that, the, that, uh, that you hear about it, right? You mm-hmm. know, we may hear about it on social media. We may hear sure. about it in the news. We, sure. may, we may hear about that, and we may think, oh, that's sad. That's horrible. You know, I wish they would have gotten help, whatever the thoughts may be. This is 135 people who are directly linked to that person's community. Yeah. So... That person who commits suicide has a 135-person link in their life to community that are directly affected by that person's suicide. And that exposure to the suicide becomes a heavy burden that people have to carry. Mm. Friends, family, uh, congregation, church congregations, uh, society in general— we we have to carry that loss of a loved one when that suddenly happens. And usually that's, you know, that's the way that it works. It's a sudden thing. Um, and so it leaves this enormous hole yeah. in people's lives yeah. that God never intended for us to, to leave in people's lives. Yeah. So Christians rightly point out that God wants us to, inv- to avoid injury, pain, and suffering of other people yeah. caused by us. Um, and that's what's so crazy is that that's the exact lie that is in the mind of someone who's suicidal is, is that this is not going to affect other people. Right. I, I don't matter. Right. And that, that's, that's an exact lie that goes against what God says. Yeah. Because no, it affects the community. Right. And, and the study says it's going to affect 135 people yeah. very intimately. That's crazy. So you, you, you know, so you might be going through a time when you don't think anybody cares, mm-hmm. but the, all the studies show 135 people are going to really, really care Yeah, that you've wow. just committed suicide. Um, and so, again, not an exhaustive list, but four biblical principles. Number one, humanity is made in the image of God. Number two, suicide is self-murder. Number three, God is the author of life and death. And number four, suicide harms community. And, and David, I want to do one more thing um, before we move on. I get this question a lot. If, I, if, I do, if we do a question and answer time with the teenagers here at our church, or we do an answer, answer question and answer time even with adults, a lot of times this question will come up. And it's a question that gets, um, I guess, gets talked about a lot, or somehow it, it, it permeates people's thoughts because it's, it seems to be on the forefront. And here's the question. Do people go to hell if they commit suicide? Hmm. So whether you are a Christian or not, if you commit suicide, is it an automatic hell sentence for you. Um, I have found that so many people are confused by this. 
a lot of people, they hear the answer, but then they're confused about the answer. So they, they don't really know where to fall. So I hope to clear some of this up um, today. And I, I want to try to clear it up by asking this question. How did this view that people who commit suicide go to hell get popular? Because somewhere along the way, people began being taught and they started believing that if you commit suicide, you go to hell. Mm-hmm. So how, where did that come from and how did it get popular? Now, the short answer is the Roman Catholic Church. And I, I'm not here just to dog on the Roman Catholic Church, but I, I want to share with you where this came from and why it got popular. So the Roman Catholic Church views suicide as a mortal sin. Now, what the Catholic Church does is they, they maintain a distinction between mortal and venial sins. Okay. So venial sins are, are sins that aren't, they're serious, but they do not, um, they do not separate you from grace. They do not require um, eternal damnation. They are lesser sins. Yeah. That's one group. But then you have mortal sins. That's another group. And these sins are very serious sins. These are considered the most serious offenses that merit eternal damnation if not repented and forgiven of before death. Hmm. So these sins that if you commit them and you have not repented and gotten forgiveness for this, you will die and go to hell. And basically what they do is they evaluate sins according to their gravity. So that's the distinction between mortal and venial sins is that, and then this became a part of Roman Catholic tradition. Like this, this became a deep-seated understanding of sin in the Roman Catholic Church. Mortal sins, venial sins. Hmm. Well, Guess what the Roman Catholic Church believes is the chief among mortal sins? Murder. Murder. Yeah. So murder is the chief among mortal sins, which what that means is it's the biggest sin you can commit. Mm. In Roman Catholic teaching, and probably rightly so, I mean, it's the worst sin you could commit, right? Right. Well, and if, if suicide is self-murder, then what you end up having is you end up having suicide at the top of the list when it comes to mortal sins, which you can't ask forgiveness for. Mm. If you murder somebody, you can repent and get forgiveness on this side of death. Right. If you murder yourself, you can't. Mm. You can't get forgiveness and repent of that sin because you've murdered yourself. So that really even elevates it above murdering somebody else when it yeah. comes to the seriousness and the eternal damnation aspect because this is something that you can't get forgiveness for. Um, now, Roman Catholics who received their religious formation or attended a Catholic school before 1965 were taught the Baltimore Catechism. And if, if you're a Protestant, you may not really understand what a catechism is. It is basically a book of teaching that uses question and answer. You know, um, Mm -hmm. it's kind of the the way that they try to teach truths. It'll be a question and then it'll be an an answer. The Westminster confession is the same thing um, for Protestants. Um, uh, Presbyterians have that. 
And so um, in the Baptist world, we don't have too much catechism. Um, I think that might be a little unfortunate. But um, anybody before 1965 in the, in the Roman Catholic tradition, they're going to be using the Baltimore Catechism. And here's the question that they ask. What sin is it to destroy one's own life or commit suicide as this act is called? And here's the answer that would, would be memorized. It is a mortal sin. So there you go. There's the mortal sin mm-hmm. to destroy one's own life and commit suicide as the act is called. And persons who willfully and knowingly commit such an act die in a state of mortal sin. Okay. That means you die mm. in a state separated from the grace of God mm. and you are deprived of Christian burial. It is also wrong to expose oneself unnecessarily to the danger of death by rash or foolhardy feats of daring. So Roman Catholic teaching, they believe that to commit suicide is of the highest degree a mortal sin. You will die in that state of mortal sin, separated from the grace of God, and you will spend an eternity in hell and hellfire. Hmm. Now, since 65, the doctrine hasn't changed too much, but they have added a little caveat or a nuance regarding mental illness. Um, so there is some mental illness talk now when it comes to suicide in the Roman Catholic Church. Hmm. The question I have is, how did Protestants start believing this? Right. And the only answer I can come up with from what I've studied is that Roman Catholic doctrine has spilled over or leaked over into Protestant doctrine. Yeah. That somewhere along the way, Roman Catholic doctrine influenced Protestant doctrine. Mm. And, and Protestants started believing that suicide sent people to hell. And, and here's what's interesting is that most Protestants don't believe it's impossible to lose your salvation. Right. Most Protestant denominations do not believe you can forfeit or lose your salvation, which would include if someone dies of suicide. Yeah. So if you can't lose your salvation, and we know that mentally, and you can't forfeit your salvation, then it doesn't make any sense to believe, well, that suicide sends you to hell. Right. No, suicide would be a sin that would be covered by Jesus, and you can't lose your salvation. Mm-hmm. Now, there is not any sin, even after we've been saved, right? After we've been regenerated by God, after we've been given a new heart and a new mind and a new will, because our flesh still exists, there's not one sin we still can't commit. Mm. I mean, we can, yeah. we can look in Scripture and we can see examples of people who loved God but still murdered. Right. Moses, David, those a couple that come to mind, but they still committed murder. And that doesn't mean that they didn't love God or that they had to go to hell. So there is nothing that we as human beings, there's no sin that we wouldn't commit, even if we're Christians. Mm. We also believe that the sacrificial atonement of Jesus, the death, his death on the cross that action forgives all of our sin as Christians, past, mm. present, future. Right. When right. Jesus died on the cross, he knew every one of his believers who would commit suicide. Amen. And he died for that suicide. Yes. Um, we had someone in our church, a friend of ours, who um, probably before you came here, David, who committed suicide. Mm. Um, 
he was on drugs, did a lot of damage to his brain, um, but he was in my office and I was there when Jesus saved him. Mm. And he ended up committing suicide a few years later. When Jesus saved him on the cross and then in that moment inside of time, Jesus was saving him from his own suicide. Yes, amen. The death of Jesus was saving him from his own sin of suicide. And because scripture teaches past, present, and future sins have been forgiven. Mm. One offering makes clean all who come to Christ. Yeah. Hebrews 10, 14, for by one offering, he has perfected for all time. Those who are being sanctified. The Protestant believes that Jesus death on the cross is capable of forgiving any sin, no matter how wrong it may be. Another aspect of Protestant teaching that I think is very important is the, the idea of eternal life. At the moment that someone accepts Christ, at the moment that that heart is transformed and, and made new, that Christian gets eternal life. Mm. Jesus said people are born again, enabling them to see and partake in the kingdom of God. That's what gets us into the kingdom of God is that eternal life or that being born again. The immortality that Jesus gives is present tense. I, as a believer, will not get eternal life one day. Right. I got it right now. Right. Amen. I have it right this moment. So how can I, if I have eternal life right this moment, how can I then forfeit that eternal life if it's eternal? Mm. Right. How can the eternal life stop being eternal? That doesn't right. make any sense. If it's eternal, it's given to me now in the present, and it goes on forever. And this is unlike Roman Catholic teaching, because they believe that once you get saved, you can forfeit your salvation by committing a mortal sin, and that the Holy Spirit leaves a person's body when that person commits suicide. So when that person commits suicide, that eternal life is over. It's hmm. ended. That's not what Protestants teach, though. Right. Protestants teach that eternal life is given at the moment of salvation and extends into the future forever and ever and ever. First John 5, 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. Mm. Christians become subjects of the, of the kingdom of God. We are put on the earth and we are partakers of the eternal life in the present. We become new creations. We become a part of uh, the new creation. We become one with God. And Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even though he dies, yet he will live. So we as believers, Protestant believers, we believe that eternal life, the atonement of Christ, regeneration, all of those preclude the idea of someone committing suicide, sends them to hell. It doesn't allow that conclusion right. to be acceptable. Even if someone has committed suicide, if they believe in Jesus, if they believe the gospel and they have been born again, they have been forgiven and they have been given eternal life, then they will experience that eternal life hmm. with Jesus forever, even if they commit suicide. And so that's the difference between the Protestant understanding and the Roman Catholic understanding and so I just wanted to kind of go through those four principles of why we believe the Bible um, prohibits and teaches us not to commit suicide. But I also wanted us to understand the grace 
that is there in Jesus for those who commit suicide. Amen. And that his grace is more powerful than any sin we can commit. All right, for this segment, I want to talk about the psychology side of suicide. Uh, suicide, I know, is a sensitive and uncomfortable subject for sure. most, but it's important to talk about. Yeah. I mean, the, the more it's kept quiet, the more people feel alone in their struggle. Absolutely. And uh, I wanted to mention, overall, since 2019, pre-COVID, suicides have dropped by 3%, hmm. and which is not what experts expected, but they believe that part of the reason this is because despite being scary times and stressful times, we as humanity, I mean, literally the world, were in it together, and that gave humanity some comfort, right. no, knowing that we're all sticking together. Yeah, we're all struggling the same way kind of here with yes, this. Yes, exactly. That makes sense. But what has increased are suicides within males, children, young adults, and people of color. So hmm. it is still an epidemic, which is why we need to talk about it. Yeah, amen. And so I just wanted to mention a few things. I've heard many times people say that those who commit suicide are just selfish. I mean, how could they do that to their friends and family right. and so on? And so I thought it might be helpful to talk about what those who are struggling with suicidal thoughts are going through, because mm -hmm. I would disagree that it, I do not believe they're being selfish. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to talk about these things. Uh, first of all, I believe loneliness is one of the major keys to suicide. Mm. Those that don't have deep connections to a group of people or even just one person will feel isolated, forgotten, and worthless. Because, I mean, we are made to be in community with each other, as, as we talked about earlier. And do you think, David, that, you know, I know even just with anxiety and depression, when you struggle mentally, the natural thing for you is to just pull away. Yes. It just, you just want to pull away from everybody. And so isolation gets worse. Absolutely. And it just kind of like, it's like this downhill spiral into just complete loneliness because if you feel lonely. So then you literally pull yourself away from everybody. Right. So now you are lonely and it just is this cycle that just kind of gets worse. It's kind of snowballs on itself almost. Absolutely agree. Yes. Yeah. That, that can happen. And, and, but sometimes you can even have a community that you are a part of but something in you tells you that no one truly gets you or loves you. Mm. Sometimes we fight personal demons that tell us that we are worthless, and it's not that others want to be with us. They instead just put up with us. Is that why you, you have people saying stuff like, you know, I can be in a, a room full of people and still feel all alone? Yes, exactly. Like that, you, that's you can, exactly right. You can be with those people, but if you feel like those people don't really love you, yeah. If you feel like they don't really care about you, then you could be in the same proximity to them and yet completely feel isolated and alone. Exactly. Yeah. And that's a scary place to be in. That's a very scary place. Yes, you know, for I sure. mean, I, I, I've never dealt with that myself, but I, I, mean, I know you have and I know mm -hmm. others have. And, and mm -hmm. what, a, what a terrible thing to feel that you're in this room with these people. I should be enjoying their company and community. But yet I'm sitting here feeling completely isolated and lonely. Yes. So lo yeah, loneliness is a, that's a powerful, powerful feeling that people have. Yeah. And so all of that can bring an incomparable feeling of loneliness, which then leads to depression that mm. things won't get better. 
Yeah. And depression then starts to distance you from others emotionally. You struggle to feel connected with your friends and family and start to feel isolated and numb from those you love. Yeah. And and we will definitely do an episode on depression down the road. Yeah, no question, no question. But I just had to mention it because depression is a key component that can sometimes lead to suicide. Yeah, no, I'm glad you did. Absolutely. Now, something important to remember is that people who commit suicide are not wanting to die. They just don't see a life worth living because of the amount of pain they're in. All right. Um, I want to stop you right there because if, if people are driving in their car or they're at home and they just got distracted and they miss that statement, I want you to say that statement again okay. because I know I can listen to podcasts and someone will say something and I'm like, wait, what, what do they say? And then I, I can't find it yeah. again or I, I missed it or something. I want you to say that again because I think this is huge. When you were reading this to me earlier, I think this is huge to understand what's going on psychologically and physiologically in someone who's contemplating suicide. So read, read that again. Yes. Yeah, so it is important to remember that people who commit suicide are not wanting to die. They just don't see a life worth living because of the amount of pain they're in. Mm. I mean, that, that, yeah, that is huge. Powerful. There, there's a big difference there. Yes. Yeah. They feel like they have no worth. They feel like a burden to others. And they are suffering through their own personal hell. Mm -hmm. I say it's a personal hell because, I mean, no one wants to feel lonely or depressed. Right. Those who struggle with that hate the way they are, and they wish that they could change. Yeah, yeah, they're not happy in the state they're in, obviously. No, no. This is why it's so important to be patient and kind to others. You don't know what someone is going through, and a simple cruel remark Mm -hmm. can lead someone to spiral down a dark path because you just confirmed something that they were terrified was true, yeah, that they, were, they are worthless and they deserve to be put down. Yeah, they were already thinking these horrible things about themselves. Yeah. Thinking they're worthless, thinking they deserve maybe what they're going through. Mm-hmm. And such a, a throwaway remark by somebody can be a massively horrible, powerful thing in somebody's life. Absolutely. And, and you just threw it away. Through that remark like it was nothing. Right. And it devastated this person because you just reinforced what they already thought. Absolutely. Even if you were, like, you didn't think twice about it, it could Mm -hmm. be huge in their their life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's powerful. And, And as I was writing my notes down for this episode, I was in a coffee shop, and I just looked around at all the people that there and thought... Each and every person in here is desiring love and acceptance, mm. and they all deserve to have it. Yeah. They deserve to be loved, accepted, and treated with kindness. Because I have no idea what any of these people are going through. Yeah. They may be currently living in a personal hell, and the least I can do is smile and be kind to them. David, I would say on any given day, whether you're at a grocery store, whether you're at a coffee shop, wherever, mm-hmm. you know, all the different people that we encounter or that we contact and run into, at least one person every day is going through their, a personal hell. Yes. At least one. Absolutely. Probably more than that. Absolutely. But at least one. And so, yeah, your kindness um, for Christians, the fruit of the Spirit mm. being born out in our lives— could make a huge difference in someone's life who is going through a personal hell. Absolutely. Showing them the love of Christ. Um, and, and there's probably multiple people that that's true for, yeah. not just one. And yeah. I think that's an important thing for us to keep in mind as we, we live our lives because we don't know what people are going through. You're exactly right. Yeah. 
So the first key component I wanted to mention, a uh, component to suicide, was loneliness. Right. The second key component is the feeling of hopeless hopelessness that your circumstances won't ever change. Mm. Maybe they're struggling with an addiction that they feel like they'll never get out of. Right. Or maybe they've experienced some kind of trauma that haunts them and then won't let them go. Yeah. These kind of things and so much more are, are some of the contributors to suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. And what people... What people do with these struggles is they they need a hope for a future. Yeah, they need a hope I mean, for a future. Yeah, they need they need a hope that this isn't going to be the way it always is. Yes, <laughs> you know, yes. And, and that's I mean I remember just with my anxiety, which I you know relatively speaking, you know I never had suicidal thoughts or anything like that, but I remember thinking, am I going to feel like this the rest of my life? Right. And exactly. If I am how will I deal with this? Right. Like, how can I handle it? Absolutely. So yeah, hope for something to change is yeah. huge. Yeah. And that hope obviously comes from Jesus, but who does Jesus use to bring hope? People. Yeah. Us. Yeah, us. We must bring that hope to others by sticking with someone going through a hard time and supporting them in any way you can. Yeah. Yeah, he uses people to accomplish... G- Jesus isn't physically on the earth, so he uses right. his people to accomplish his purposes. Right. His people to accomplish his purposes. That's right. Write it down. Take some notes. That's good, though. It's true. Now this, I mean, now this could lead to uncomfortable conversations. Sure. Like sometimes you will need to point blank ask someone in love and without judgment, "Are you suicidal, mm-hmm. or are you thinking about killing yourself?" Mm-hmm. Many people have said to me that they don't want to ask that question because they're afraid of implanting an idea into someone's head. Yeah, like if I say this, then maybe they weren't thinking about it, but now that I ask it, now they are thinking about it. And right. They'll, they'll do it. It'll be my right. fault. Right. But studies show quite the opposite. When you ask someone that question who you think may legitimately be thinking about suicide, you are showing you care. Mm. It helps confirm to them that they can't sneak away and kill themselves and not be noticed. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, that that is huge. Absolutely. The conversations now may be uncomfortable, but what's being uncomfortable in comparison to possibly saving a life? Right. Right? Now, I, I know some people may be thinking, well, I'm not a counselor. After they tell me all that's wrong, I don't know what to say. <laughs> what do I do? What, what do I do? But you don't need wise words to comfort someone. Sometimes just listening makes all the difference in the world. And then right. telling them that you're here for them, that, that can change everything. Again, patience and kindness. Yeah, and, and I would say, too, hopefully you've got people in your life, whether it be um, teachers, whether mm-hmm. it be church leaders, whether mm-hmm. it be uh, other family members that you can go to and say, hey, I've got this friend. This friend is struggling with suicide. We need to get them some help. Can you, can you help me help them? Yes. Right? Can you come and give me the resources that I need or counsel with this person, meet with this person, whatever it may be, to get them the help? So you don't have to have the answers. Right. You just need to be there. Right. And show that you care and love and then reach out to people who may have some answers right. that are better for you and you don't have to have them. So sometimes that I know that is a fear that we may have. Well, if I, if I pry open this door or if I ask mm-hmm. this question and all hell breaks loose and I don't have answers for them, what then what? Right. It'd be better for me just not to say anything at all. Right. But the truth is, no, it wouldn't. Ask it that person will know you love them. They may pour their guts out to you at that point and you Mm -hmm. may not have answers, but reach out to people who can. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I just wanted to take a moment to share uh, my story. Uh, When I was about 24 years old, I was at my breaking point and attempted suicide. I literally thought that in that moment, 
My wife and, and the world would be better off without me. I focused on how much I mess up, how many times I've failed at things, how many times I've hurt Shelby and let her down and so on. I mean, this darkness overtook me and I was convinced that the best thing for everyone is that I end my life. Mm. I was overwhelmed with self-hatred because of all of my shortcomings and failures. I just hated myself. I was wanting to get out of my skin and just leave myself somehow. So I took a handful of antidepressants in attempts to take my own life. But by the grace of God, they didn't kill me or even hospitalize me. But I remember specifically, just like what I mentioned before, it's not that I wanted to die. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to escape the pain I was experiencing. And to be brutally honest, I still have moments of being really low or upset with myself that I still hear that same voice calling saying, you should just kill yourself and end your failures. But then I immediately think about my family, my wife Shelby, and my beautiful little girl Noelle, and I begin to feel renewed inside because Amen. I know how much they need me. Amen. I also think about my first daughter Brooklyn who we lost, and I know that she sees me, and I know that she doesn't want me to join her yet. Mm-hmm. These kind of things help me get through my pain. But even more than that, I, th- I think about my Savior, Jesus. Amen. And I know that despite my failures, the truth is Jesus still loves me just as I am. Amen. Just as weak and sinful and still says to me, you are mine and I love you. Amen. That's what I want anyone who is struggling with thoughts of suicide to remember. Maybe you don't have anyone in your life right now that truly knows you. Well, you have Jesus. And Jesus knows you completely and loves you just as you are with all your faults and failures. And if you receive him into your life as your Lord and Savior, you will get a new identity and become a child of God. I also want to encourage anyone who is struggling with thoughts of suicide and maybe you attempted and it failed or you've resisted the temptation and you're still alive. Please know there is no shame in your struggles. You are a survivor. You are a fighter, and I'm very proud of you because I know what it's like to feel hopeless and helpless and feel like there's no way out except dying, but you're still here, and you're still here for a reason. God has a plan for you, and I promise you, you you're going to bless others through your story of survival. Keep going and never give up. Keep fighting, because if you're a Christian, this is the worst hell you'll experience. Amen. And then we have eternity with Christ to look Amen. forward to. So hold on. Amen. Please. Amen. Please hold on. You know, David, I really appreciate you um, sharing that, um, being open and honest with our own struggles and our own battles and our own demons and wars. Um, it opens the door for other people to be open and honest um, to know that there's no condemnation in Jesus Christ. Amen. There's no condemnation from us. Amen. Um, when, when we usually at the end of these podcasts, when we pl- when we say, please like share, subscribe, yeah. um, it's just, it's not just so we can have a popular podcast. Right. Um, our motivation is not to get famous from doing a podcast no. in, in this no. little room in Mesquite, Texas. No. <laughs> no. Like we know that's not gonna happen. Um, we, we want you to like and subscribe and share because we never know who will listen to the podcast. Right. 
And the way the algorithms work and stuff like that, the more things get shared, the more other people get to see it. A friend of a friend of a friend sees it on Facebook, they mm. listen to it, and maybe that's what they need mm. to change the way they're thinking about something. Right. So we ask you to do that so that we can be a resource for people. That's what we say at the beginning of our podcast. We want to be a resource for people an encouragement for people. And so we want mm. you to like and share and subscribe and all that stuff so that we can maybe be an aid to someone in their time of need. And so yeah. I, I just echo what David said. And, and I want you to know that if you are listening to this and you feel lonely and hopeless and helpless and you feel like you're in the dark and you're numb and mm. you feel isolated, reach out to David and I. Yes. You can reach out through our socials on our, our, our podcast. You can, you got people here who will listen. You have people here who understand who David knows what it's like to have suicidal thoughts and attempt mm -hmm. suicide. I know what it's like to, to feel like, am I ever getting out of this place? Right. Right. And we, there's no judgment here. No. There's just going to be help. And there's just going to be love. So reach out to us if you need help and love. Reach out to a friend who may be able to reach out to us. Do not sit in that loneliness and in that shame and, no. and, and hopelessness by yourself. Um, it's not the way that God intended um, for your life to be lived. And so no. we want to thank you for listening. We want to thank you for being a, a part of the My Matters podcast. We do not see this as just a podcast where you know for me and david this is kind of a collective we want people to to have discussions for people to have so thank you for being a part of it thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time